I'm nervous. I don't know what to say. Uh, neither do I. I it, you talk to people all the time, so this shouldn't be a problem. I was never the other end of it. Oh, really? But there's no rules at all. That's that's what I was trying to say in the, in the email. Because <laughs> me and Jamie, we just talk. We just talk rubbish most of the time. Like I'm not even seen. There is a microphone here. What's that? I'll move, it, I'll move it towards you just to make sure it catches your voice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where should we begin, Mika? I'm, I'm gonna. I don't. I, uh, <laughs> this is great. I'm gonna drink some more of my coffee and get more anxious. Okay, so the reason why I wanted to ask you was because both me and Jamie but admire your photography very much. So we've gotten to know you over the last... I mean, how long do we know each other? How long do we know each other, Anna? It's... Since, like, three, four years now? Christmas 2017? 2017. So that's kind of almost four years now. St. Stephen's Day. Yeah. It's when you met Anna, when Anna went to Lush, and me and my friend and I were drinking off Grafton Street, right? And then you came back, and I came back after a very long time, and we were like, where the hell did you go? And it was your doing, and this started a very long friendship. But that's the thing, when you find someone that's really lovely, you don't want them to leave, so you just keep, yeah. like, chatting them away so they stay longer. I don't re- actually remember, like, our conversation at all. I went in to get a few things because we lived in Galway back then and there isn't a Lush in Galway. Mm. So we were in town for Christmas and I was like, I might as well go to Lush and Boxing Day because, you know, things are on sale and whatever. So we went for dinner with Niall and then we went to the pub next door just to have a drink and I was like, you stay there, I'll go to Lush and I'll be right back. We were speaking in English to each other. Yeah. And then I wanted one of those like lip, bomb things that I like I wanted the mint one and you were like ah it's it's very refreshing like it's very kind of cooling and it's winter so me as a Brazilian like I wouldn't wear that because <laughs> that I wouldn't use mean. it because like it gets really cold and all that. I'm also Brazilian and then we started speaking in Portuguese and then you mentioned you took pictures and stuff and then we exchanged Instagrams and I think that happens to you a lot because uh, a lot of friends in common now, they say they met you that way too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I remember I went back to the pub after a while with all my shopping. And they were like asking like, how much did you get? Like, what's going on? And I was like, I think I made a friend. That's so sweet. Because I, I don't remember much of it. I just remember I thought you were really cool. And then I remember seeing something that you bought for a new game in. And then that was wow. that was the next yeah. stage of uh, yeah because we didn't talk for like months we were just following each other online yeah. and then you went to new game and and then I was like she's really cool but we didn't really like talk there because we were sitting different ways yeah then, we didn't have the same the seats were separate yeah but we were kind of, we knew that both of us were yeah. going to the same thing so we saw each other before I think right yeah. and got a book. Yeah, and then obviously I was very slow and silly, <laughs> and uh, I was at the like very back of the two-hour-long queue, and Mika was like the first one. Yeah, and, and I was gonna miss my bus because I had to go back to Blastington, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, no way, hours. I'm not gonna get an autograph. Like I'm here, so Mika uh, offered for me to stay at, like at her house on the couch. 
I remember I texted you like, so I met this friend and I'm sitting <laughs> at her house because otherwise I'm not going to be able to get yeah, an autograph. Like, and he's cheating on me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said like, you were you were like, are you sure it's not dangerous? And yeah. Stuff like that. And then I sent you the location yeah. and everything. Which sounds insulting now because I know you, but at the time <laughs> I was like, who's this crazy lady from Rush? But that's What's a good like, origin story for a friendship. Exactly. We, we yeah. met selling soap. And then new game and now we're here. And now we're here, yeah. And okay, that that was my my bit. <laughs> and I'll leave you to it. Does, and she's gone. <laughs> Obviously, a lot has happened since then. Yeah. Namely, uh, like the pandemic. So, like, how have you been the last year and a half? How honest do you want me to be? As honest as you want to be, I can. I can. Okay. I don't want you to uh, censor yourself on my account. Okay, because. Uh, it's been a year but I think it's been a year for everyone as well so like I it was the first time I was living with people that didn't speak Portuguese which as I know it sounds like really silly mm -hmm. but I spent the pandemic away from my family in a house only speaking English and a part of me kind of broke there because I was okay. like what's happening like I, I'm not speaking my language I'm not feeling my culture like what am, what am I doing who am I and I know it sounds really dramatic and I don't know how other like people that don't live in like non-Irish people that are living here felt but for me it felt like I was really detached from what I was and yeah. even talking to people in the house they couldn't like they were really lovely but they couldn't understand and then I had a little bit of like a a mental health problem there mm. Mm. and that's actually when the photos started because yeah. after a while the photos were the only thing that were actually making me leave the bed because yeah. every day I, I made a promise that I would have to take a photo every day because I had to have a reason to leave my bed and then yeah and then I went back to Brazil I treated my little hand and I'm fine yeah. now and I'm here and Well, I remember that series you had on Instagram where you were posting stuff every, every day. day. Yeah, yeah. And and you've been quite vocal on Instagram in the descriptions about mental health and you've told stories about talking to people about it. I think there was one recently um, from the gallery. You have an exhibition on in Hoth at the moment. I do. We'll, we'll plug that again later. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you said that there was a woman there who came in and you were discussing with her Yeah. And she said, I thought this was interesting, I wanted to get you to elaborate on it. She said she could see you getting better through the photos. Yeah, that was actually the first person that got inside the gallery. And it was my first interaction. I was really nervous. I had no idea what, like, how to talk to people or how they would see the photos as well. Because I do have like two photos that I am naked and in the nude. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really funny because when she walked by the gallery, the first photo on the wall, on the window, is one of the cr the cracks on my chest. Yes. And I could hear her saying to her friends, like, oh, I don't like that. It's really sad. I was like, oh, this is going so bad already. And then I got up. I was like, oh, you can come in if you want. Like, it's an it's a exhibition there. And then they got in and uh, they were like asking me about the photos. And I was trying to explain that was during lockdown. Mm. That was like, me trying to handle yeah. my mental health and the lady that was talking to me the, the one that said my photos were really sad she was like yes i like i am battling mental health now as well wow and that's why some of your photos are too sad for me 
because like I see a lot of pain in them mm. but now I can see like I do have a few photos since I started treating my little head yeah and <laughs> why little <laughs> It's not little. I I do have some photos since I started the yeah. treatment against depression. Mm. And you can... I feel like when I took the photos, they didn't come from a place of pain. And I think they translated well in the like the images. And the way that she answered, she said that she could see like from the ones that I was like really, really bad yeah. to the ones that I was hopeful that something were going to get better. Something was going to get better. And she actually bought the one that I did just after I started treatment. Wow, okay. So it was a really important one that I did at the time. And the fact that I didn't tell her that exactly, but the fact that she bought that one when I was battling with something that she's battling now, it gave me such a perspective of how can I use my photography for for something else than just like my personal expression, if that makes sense. That's kind of like the perfect balance between the two I think because you're expressing something but then you're it's almost like responsible on the other end that it, it, there's a purpose to it it's not just yes. expression for the sake of it or just like a, a selfish thing yeah not that selfish is necessarily bad but sometimes art can be just for yourself yeah you know? it can be a very personal thing yeah and yeah. I do know that some of them are quite personal like I it's something that I see on the response so like ones that I took when I was handling something, when I was like in a crisis, they're actually not the ones that go really well with people's responses. Cause oh, really? sometimes they're like the one that I, I have, they're like two of me with some grass in my face, kind of mm. lo- looks like a heart. That is one of my favorite photos I ever did. Nobody likes it. <laughs> wow. Do you think that's, that could maybe be a good thing because they, I mean, people say they don't like them, but they get a very strong response. Yeah, I I think they are more aggressive as well. They're like when I see it, I see why I took them. I yeah. see that I was in a bad place. Like that one, if I'm not mistaken, I took when I had a really really bad day. That was really angry because the the whole project started as well with like me handling that. So. It, like it became a therapy so whenever I was sad when I was angry whenever I like had emotions because I didn't want to burden anyone with it as well because sure. everyone was going through something and you yeah. don't like it was a hard period for everyone so it was my way of handling I I wouldn't have the same relationship when it comes to not photography anyway yeah um, I don't know if I said this to you before but one time I was getting fed up with photography no I think I said this to Jamie um hi Jamie hi Jamie and um, no, I said it to Anna and I was like, maybe I should go around Dublin and I should take pictures of dog shit because there's dog shit everywhere. And sometimes <laughs> the city feels like dog shit. Yeah. And maybe that's I should just have like, you know, a load of photos, a series, you know, like Picasso is a blue series. Yeah. I have a dog shit <laughs> period. Right. And and I said, Anna, what did you what do you think of that idea? And she said, I think it would be a waste of film. <laughs> and I kind of liked it because it was such a strong reaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. See, I kind of went against the form. I was, like, fed up. But when you get fed up, I think it's far more productive. Like, in fairness, there are a few photos that would never see the light of day. Because they're way too personal or way too aggressive. Or, like, I just took them because I needed them. But I don't see them as, like, a proper 
aesthetically pleasing mm. product kind of idea. Do you get the same fulfillment from taking the fo- photos that you don't post as the ones that you do post or display? It's but- hard to say because sometimes it's really frustrating when like I want to I have a vision in my head mm. but because I have so many feelings or like something doesn't go mm. right the vision doesn't turn out the way I want it. Yeah. Or like, cause I don't want my photos to be about me going through something bad. Okay. I want the photos to be about me getting over something bad. Okay. And I don't yeah. want people to look at them and be like, Oh my God, this is so sad. Oh, she's suffering. I want what that lady felt. I want people to look at them and feel something good with them feel something hopeful feel like there is a better way to feel things I don't know so in the moment of the photo or the way the photos turns out after editing it's like the light at the end of the tunnel then just the moment of darkness you don't want that moment okay that's good that's very clear from your point of view you know what I mean which I think is maybe very healthy as an as an artist to have that very clear thing in mind um like because looking at the work some of it's it's very varied yeah you know i'm I'm gonna end up jumping around a lot so i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna go back i have the questions here that i sent you so (laughs) now let's let's pull it back a bit because tell me about brazil before you moved to ireland and just i i said this as well in the question try and um let's try and keep it related to just your photography so yeah, like when you were in school and you were younger like where did the that first tread start when you got into photography and art in general okay that's actually i remember vividly how i decided i wanted to go to film school okay it was an art teacher in fifth grade so like how old are we in fifth grade like 10 12 Okay, probably the same age yeah. Well, yeah. that's yeah. like the primary school yeah. so, she yeah. showed us the movie Dreams by Kira Kurosawa the one um, I haven't seen that one but I know it's films yeah. yeah she showed the one about the fox dance in the woods mm-hmm. and I remember I watched that and it made no sense to me but I was in love with it I was in love with the visual I was in love with like the storytelling that yeah. that could take and yeah, that's when I decided I wanted to work in visual arts. And yeah. at the time, I decided to go for film school, which was kind of a mistake, but life is full of them. <laughs> and then I decided to work in museums. I think film school is probably always a mistake, right? I think, every, <laughs> I think everybody says that. And also, we are all here from film school. Yeah, exactly. So I learned loads, but yeah. I always think if you took all that money and just made a film, it probably would have been a better experience. Yeah. Lots of filmmakers have said that. but And it's weird because I feel sometimes studying films kills the passion in them. I'm working in film as well. Yeah. When you have to get like some posh camera operator, yeah. his coffee, and it's not right enough, that kind of spoils it a little bit as well. And that's the whole like ego as well. And it's a, it's a lad's business, unfortunately. Yeah. It really is, especially with the camera side of things which is obviously like the main piece of visual equipment so that must be very frustrating like i went in and out of photography mostly like since i was 16 like i started taking photos i know this is written on the statement but i started taking photos when my dad bought a digital camera 
And like I was just exploring the camera. I had no idea how to use it. I had no idea what it did. And then it was just the idea, like, you can change this. So, like, you can change the aperture. You can change the the speed. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. Speed, yes. Yeah. And you could create something completely different from what you had in front of you. So, I remember one night, it was really, really dark. It was, like, it was proper night. And I kept changing it until it kind of looked like it was daylight. Hmm. And I thought that was so magical. I was like, oh my God, I want to I wanna explore what this does. And then I think when I was like 16, 17, I had like my second boyfriend. And it was that time where like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm so self-conscious about like life. It's, yeah. it's, it's the weird part of growing up as a teenager that people see you in a different way. Yeah. And yeah. then that's when I started taking self-portraits. And then I gave up on photography years ago when I worked for as an assistant for this horrible man that yeah. used to yell at me quite a lot, and he was like, he used to put me down quite a lot. What What did he? What were you assisting him in? I was a photography. Also, oh, he was like, yeah, he was actually pretty big. Like I did. He was known in Brazil. Yeah, wow. I worked with him for a cover and kind of like has a Vogue so it's like a Vogue magazine for interior design wow so like he was pretty big and known he yeah. was just screaming not... at sofas and wallpaper <laughs> and me oh if it was God. only at sofas it would be fine no but he was like this was a traumatic experience I realized that like photography as a way of working and paying my bills I mm-hmm. didn't want that I didn't want that stress like that was actually when I started having like panic attacks because he would make me so nervous all the time. And I have this very vivid memory of one day he got there and he took a photo of a plant in the street, like crumbing from the cracks. And he got to the studio. I was like, oh, I took this photo because it reminds me of you. I'm like, oh, where's this going? And I was like, yes, because it's just like growing and the ugliest. It's like you thinking the word is good, but it's actually shit. I'm like, did you actually stop oh my God. from your way? to stop to mock me from believing the word is a good place like what's wrong with you and mm-hmm. uh, yeah then I quit because it was not worth it as well because I was there for the experience and he paid me really badly as well because yeah. I at the time I couldn't I didn't feel like it was good for me to ask for a proper it was not even like yeah. a minimal wage in Brazil yeah. and it was a full time job but that's another problem with the arts as well yeah um, people are very undervalued especially when they're starting out because it's so competitive like you don't have to pay people you know yeah and um, then I moved to museums you moved to okay so if I can so in between doing your first self-portraits in college did, did you did you continue that up until college and then you're like I why did you pick film well, how did you go from like your 16 year old self-portraits to like oh let's go into like film journalism I just love the idea that I can make people feel things. Hmm. Like, they can make people feel good about watching, like, a movie that I made or something like that. Actually, on the cover, and the letter that you have to write to college, I wrote about Beauty and the Beast. Because I was like, I remember watching Beauty and the Beast for the first time. And I remember I felt like this knot in my throat and I didn't know what it was. Hmm. And it was because I was crying. It's a really dramatic <laughs> letter. I like it though, it's good. Yeah, and then... It's a strong reaction. And then it was just... I, I can't... 
because the whole thing with photography as well when I like I went really deep into self-portraits in the sense of like being artistic when I was back in college and then my I had like a thing with my family because mm-hmm. it was really hard for them because I'm the youngest kid and like it's I understand like it's weird for like a mom or a dad to see a photo of their kid in their like underwear in the middle of the woods yeah and it was really really bad and uh I felt really guilty for putting that pain in them. So I kind of stopped for like years after wow. that moment. So I stopped with self-portraits. That was like when I was 20. And I only properly came back to it like last year. So That's incredible. Well, that's, that's a pretty... I'm glad you charted that jump because I think that sounds very important. But I think... Yeah. Most most people's families, anybody who's into creative stuff, even just the idea of getting into that industry is met with a lot of skepticism because, yeah. you know, if you worked on building sites your whole life, like, how does somebody work a camera? You know, it just, it doesn't seem like a proper job. Yeah. But like, when, when you went into film school, did you just get obsessed with film then? Were you just, did, did you put the, cam- the stills camera down and just say, I'm going to focus on moving pictures? No, I actually... Yeah. After the second year, I hated, <laughs> and I hated all the way to the end. Really, my mom didn't let me quit. Oh my god! But, but like, did you do you hate cinema or did you hate the course or both? <laughs> I hate the course. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, because like it was a very square course. Because I remember I did a video dance. Like in co- in college, you had to do like pitching. Hmm. every semester for your ideas and then they will pick the ones they wanted to do yeah and the first one that i did was a video dance and did it got approved because the my teacher was like oh i don't think you can do that i was like yeah but if you don't let me then how would you know and then the second time it was also a video dance and i had that very clear in my head that my teacher was like look this is not a film like um a movie this is like a video art so you're in the wrong course i'm like um but this is a camera and this is a film crew and it is a film it went to festivals and it was just like it was really like oh if it doesn't have a screen right if it doesn't have like a proper start and end then it's not a film and my short is actually like people dancing naked in the woods as yes. <laughs> as most of my things and there was like <laughs> A light cube in the middle of the woods. It's very. Weird. I I no. I I've watched it because you you posted it on Instagram a while yeah. ago. I'm not sure how long ago, but yeah. a few months ago. And uh, it's what's it, how do you pronounce it? A fuga. Fuga. Yeah. Fuga. It's 2014. Uh, you know that's brilliant. I was like shocked <laughs> when I when I first watched it because yeah. it was there was a lot of nudity in it. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> it. And it's like in college. Like, did you get proper ballerinas? Yes, I actually got. Um, you know? They were um, a dance group, and they were all really like brave. That's the first word that will come into my head. Yeah, and they were all really f- fine with it. Like I remember, I talked to them. They were like, "Yeah, fine, we're gonna do that." And they were so lovely because they were older than me as well, and it was my first time directing. And it's so scary, like having to go to someone that like they were professional dancers. And I was a college student. I'm like, oh, can you do that? And I know you're naked, but like, oh, it's cold, but it's fine. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of nudity. But I, I did try my best to not 
be about nudity. Yeah. I don't know if that came across. I did uh, make my grandpa watch that video and he fantastic. was... Fantastic. He was like, okay. I think that was his reaction. Is that all he said? Yeah. I could, yeah, I could imagine <laughs> probably it'd be hard to tell what older people think. But, um, well, I mean, like, it, the nudity is, like, the obvious thing that you see first. Yeah. That everyone's going to see first. But, like, beyond that, like, it looks beautiful. It's the whole thing that always put together and, like, the light box and everything. It's, like, very well produced. Oh, I had amazing, amazing people working. And the fact that the the lecturer or whoever was in the course was, was telling you that's not a film is just outrageous. Like, who are these people who are teaching college courses dictating, um, you know, these standards? Because yeah. all you have to do is look at... There's so many filmmakers like David Lynch or somebody which is just completely outside the box. Yeah. You know, or even like a film like 2001, which is just like, you know, it's all over the place in terms yeah. of a traditional film, so... But they're classics as well, because they're mm. breaking like a whole thing with how how this thing is some how square things can be. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. But yeah, I think that's why like I I didn't like college at all because I think it was it didn't make you think outside the box. It was very like this is how you do it. Yeah, do it. Like, okay. I I remember when me and Anna were in in Galway studying, and there was a guy in in my production and direction course, Keen. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say his name, but he pitched <laughs> an idea at the end of the year. I don't know if you remember this, Anna, but the, the guy who pisses on people. What? I, it was <laughs> the story was like some guy, and he can't cope with the world, and when outrageous stuff happens, he can't control himself, and like pisses all over people, and it was the most insane idea but it was kind of like the best idea that anybody had come up with it was so out there yeah and one of our lecturers as well really liked the idea he said like there's something here like you're really trying to say something there's something in this obviously he didn't get picked yeah he did not get picked i i got picked and root got picked and my film didn't turn out well at all root was the only was the only one everybody who worked on the film did um, an amazing job but it was anyway Enough. I'm not talking it's about that. It's hard, though. It is. Was it your first movie? No, it wasn't. But it was just... It's just too muddled. It was too muddled between the, the expectations of what they would like as well as what I wanted to yeah. do. And that wasn't the right route to go. I think that's where the problem was. You yeah. Know? I think that's the thing that happens a lot with movie student, with film students when they start. They have this vision of like grandeur of like things you can do but you're maybe not there yet yeah so there are a few ideas that i think they need time to grow and you need time to grow to be able to make them if that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. so where did you go then after that after the course your mom forced you to finish the course yes because i kid you not my mom (laughs) because in brazil you have this thing that if you have a college course you go to a better prison um, a better prison. Yes. Isn't that it? Yeah. And then I told like my mom... Posh I was like, prison. Oh, yeah. It's not a, like posh, but it's <laughs> For like people nicer. With yeah. And then I told my mom, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe I want to do like visual arts. <laughs> I don't... I still don't know if she was joking, but she's like, oh, you know what? Like, you need... If you get arrested, you get a better prison. I was like, that's a good reason. Yeah, so finish this course. And I never got arrested, so that's also good. It was a waste then of the course. Exactly. Four <laughs> years for nothing. I might just go back and like commit a crime. Just just to 
Yeah, just for the sake of it. Because you exactly. had that. Yeah. There's four years of, like, really effort there. Yeah. But, and then after that, what did I do after college? Well, That's you, when I worked for the photography man. The awful guy. Yeah. And then you quit. And then, so what's the gap then between, say, quitting with the awful guy and coming to Ireland? That's obviously a decent amount of time, but... Because I don't want to be like, you know... Yeah. Tell me about when you got bread and this boyfriend, like, you don't have to go into that level of detail. No, no, no. So what happened is I quit. I started in the bookshop. I quit the bookshop to take care of my grandfather. Grandfather, no. Grandfather, dad was sick. And then I went back and started working in museums because I was like, maybe... I can't really go into arts the way that I would like to, but I can be around it in a different way. To make it really, really fast, after that I worked in art education and I decided that I want to work in the way with arts that is welcoming for people. Because in the art education, I have... Can I actually tell you a story of why I sell my prints so, so cheap? And why people are so mad at it. Please do. This is, you're talking about the exhibition that's on at the moment in Hoth. Yes, the exhibition yeah. that's now at the moment at 30 Abbey Street in Hoth until 4th of July. And it's the Corona Concept... Gallery. Gallery, yes. yes. Okay. Go on, please Please tell me about the, um, the prints, the price of the prints. Okay, because the first time I sold prints, I would get them for like one year and sell them for five. Yeah. And they're really cheap. Because in the last job that I had in Brazil, I worked in a museum as an art educator for this rich institution. And one day, a few like homeless kids came to the exhibition and they were messing around because the exhibition was interactive and like it was really fun. And then the director of the museum came down and started like humiliating the boys. And one of the boys was like, oh, but I like drawing. I want to be an artist one day. And the director gave him a piece of paper. It's like, yeah, you want to bear? Okay, go on, draw then. And it was just so aggressive and so, like, horrible. Because in Brazil, art is not for everyone. Yeah. Art is for people that have, like, a certain status or something. Like, it's not really accessible. Sure. And yeah. I remember how horrible I felt, like, seeing the, the kids being humiliated. And the, literally the boy was just like, I just like drawing. I just want to be good at it. And yeah, so I decided I, as far as I want, like as far as I can, I will make my things not about money. I want it to be accessible. I want it to be welcoming. I would hate for someone to be like, oh, how much is a print? I'm like, yeah, it's 120. And then people are like, okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Did you say Mika sold out? She's working for the man now. Just make him. If money. I ever do that, please, <laughs> please. No, Maybe that's that. a great story because, yeah, a lot of people don't... I mean, there's kind of a a pretentiousness to art that it's like the upper classes, smart yeah. people. And in, and in many ways, they are kind of the gatekeepers, the critics yeah. in the museums decide, you know, on the big exhibitions and who becomes, you know, the big artists of our time. And yeah. it's a little bit of a con, I think, because when I look at someone like your photos or, you know, anywhere you can walk across the city and people are like selling their art or certainly before COVID, yeah. you go down to Marion Square and there'd be painters. And I think that's a more real version of what art actually is. Cause yeah. only like 1% of people get into a 
big museum and sell their art for millions, you know. So I think that's... I'm glad that you have that approach. Yeah, especially because, like, I know loads of people here that don't like to go... Like, don't like going to museums because they think it's this, like, very old-fashioned thing. And I don't like that idea. I do think museums have so much to give, especially if you... With kids, if you let a kid be artistic if you let them express themselves whatever way they want like by drawing by writing whatever it's such a healthy thing for a child so that's why i want to work like kids art education kind of side because mm-hmm. then you it's beautiful to tell a child that it's okay to express themselves to be an artist and do things like that and then they are welcome in whatever space and their expression is welcomed mm-hmm. so i have no idea what i'm gonna do with what I want to do, like my mission is one thing, mm. like the practical way is a different thing. But yeah, I just want everyone to understand that everyone and every type of art has a space yeah. and a place that they're welcome to. I, I like that sentiment. I like that sentiment a lot. So you you were working in the museum, so you had the awful photographer guy and now you have the awful museum. Art director, yeah. Art director. Um, so did that kind of did you get a bit pessimistic then of the system in a sense or at least that one guy but did that have an overall effect on your outlook I think that sometimes frustration for me works as a fuel though okay that's good because like with our director I was like oh you want to be a horrible man okay I'll show you how this can be good or with the photographer he used to put me down quite a lot and I remember I was like, I'm one day I'm going to be really good and I'm going to be really famous and I'm going to freaking <laughs> shove it in his face yeah. that I'm good because he doubted me. Mm. I'll take that and I'll make something out of this. So where, where is he now? I don't know. How old, how old do you think he is? Boy, he was already old enough. Really? But I remember a few years back, he commented on my Facebook post being like, oh, I missed you. I'm like, probably lonely yeah honestly I was really good because it was like I would do whatever I would stay longer hours I would not get paid extra because I wouldn't ask to be paid extra so I was the perfect little puppet to have well you're you're very committed I am to like not you're just your art and art in general it seems yeah and everything you said if I have a responsibility I might as well do it right yeah so okay that was very long I'm sorry no no bring, bring me I just want to try and keep some sort of structure I'm so sorry so, no that's not your fault is it? it's, I'm putting pressure on myself bring me from the museum then to to come into Ireland okay I was never supposed to be in Ireland <laughs> what happened I <laughs> your, saved did your plane get shot, shot down <laughs> no I saved loads of money because I was gonna like go backpacking in Europe in my mind that made a lot of sense even though now I see that's it's not my style. And then I <laughs> just like, I just want to get out. Because I love the idea of like, if I go somewhere where they don't know me, then don't know my failures that I can be anyone else. And then, yeah, I sat down with my parents. I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend a year in Europe, just like living life. Yeah. And they both said, like, that is mm, not a good idea. And then we went to a travel agency. They told me that Ireland was a good place to come as a Brazilian with my visa. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's why I'm here. 
I'm not even joking. So, so that was the okay. So that was your decision. So that was the first pit stop. And were you still taking your own photos at this stage? In Ireland, no, not really. Really, like so before you left to come here, and when you got here, you were just—I mean, there is Instagram photos from that time where you just just general sort of stuff. Yeah, they're just yeah. like photo of the street or mm-hmm. photo of whatever. They were not very. They didn't have a, a line. They were not like self-portraits or yeah. things like that. Just photos of things that I thought was nice. And, but like they're still very nice photos. The way you said it there made it sound like you were just whatever taking photos, but they're really nice photos. You. So you are always still being pretty kind of tuned into, you know. Yeah, I, I, I liked the idea of taking photos to remember things, to like remember beautiful things that I saw or like a moment or things like that so I still remember if you like I go back to my Instagram things like 2014 and if I go back I can remember what was behind every single photo in that and yeah I just like I I think photography is such a beautiful way of keeping something alive even if it doesn't translate on the photo and like if a photo of a plant doesn't translate to you that the image behind us like me and my mom having a beautiful day on the sunset but I'll know. So that photo would always mean me and my mom in the sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what did you make of Ireland when you got here? I really liked it. And it was really... But I came, I was really different when I came as well. And I was really young. Good times. I'm just turning 28. <laughs> you say that like you're old. But it's not old. It's only a few years ago. Well, I mean, like, we've all been through a lot yeah. and, and, you know... Yeah, it's been five years almost now. It's going to be five years in September. That's... Well, I suppose these years are, are kind of the most transformative. I think so, yeah. In one way, I think your 20s, certainly your late 20s is kind of that. And that especially era. if you move to a different place that is, like, transformative mm-hmm. thousand, like, double a thousand. Well, I'm going to start that sentence again. <laughs> They're, like, transformative double something Mm. they're like very intense and so how did you cope with that because this is so much change but like you come over and you start working then you live there but everything's really exciting though okay I think the weird part of coping is when it's not exciting anymore because the first year everything is new everywhere you go is new and then like you turn I remember I saw the the church near Grafton Street for the first time I was obsessed with it I was like so beautiful five years later I was like it's a nice church yeah it's it's grand (laughs) I'm good so I think like the first year everything is really really amazing and then it kind of started getting a little bit hard and then you're homesick and you have to make actual plans because when we come here, we come up like students, like English students. Yeah. And then I started college, and that was a, a hard time. And yeah, okay. So bring me, bring me up to when the self portraits start again. Because it does come, so you kind of stop for a very long time, and then you move to Ireland, and they start again. So what's the kind of catalyst for the you? The lockdown. The lockdown, really. But you, and even the... Um, I I called them the 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 pole ones in in the message. Uh, that's obviously inspired because you did like pole dancing classes yeah. and you were climbing up onto street lamps. That was all during lockdown as well. 
No, the first one yeah. I took was actually a trip. Me and Anna t- went to Edinburgh. That was the first one? Yeah. In Edinburgh. That's and nice. I took my first pole uh-huh. street dance. But I, I actually don't see them as like my work. I just see them as fun. It's really, really fun just yeah. climbing in poles and trying to do stuff. And sometimes I fall. It's really fun watching people taking photos of you because like loads of times with Anna... She's just laughing in the back because yeah. it's just this ridiculous situation where, like, I'm going up a huge pole and it's on the other side of the street. There are people passing, but, like, what the hell is happening? So, like, I don't actually see them as work at oh, all. Okay. I, like, I wouldn't. It's just fun. Yeah, they're okay. just really. It's a weird thing. It's fun. Well, okay, well, I feel I feel like uh, I should have done my homework better. I didn't realize that self portraits were so directly like in line with the pandemic yeah they were completely pandemic and so was it was there anything specific i mean did you did you get inspired by something and did you like every time you went out did you have a very clear image in your head of what you wanted in fairness they started when things got like really really bad in my past relationship because I was starting to have like I could see I could feel that uh, my depression was coming back and I was trying to explain that to my partner at the time and I couldn't explain it's hard trying to explain depression to a person that never had it and never had like someone with it because I remember trying to talk to him and like I don't even think he didn't understand like because he didn't want to it's just it's a hard one so I started trying to take photos. I think it started in like June, July. Taking photos in the sense of like, how can I explain something that is so deep in me yeah. that words cannot really reach? And up from there, it was, I just found like, it was such a freeing way of doing things. And it came to a point where I was like, I can't explain to you. Look at this photo that I took. Can you understand how I feel? And it was really weird showing people and be like, this is how I feel. Can you can you understand it? But yeah, so like they all came from, I think the first ones that I actually took for real were the ones I was in the house by myself in Italy and I thought my dad had COVID. Yeah. And for two weeks, it was just me crying in the house by myself in Italy. <laughs> And uh, thinking that my dad was going to die. This interview is going yeah. really sad now. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. No, I think <laughs> it's very brave that you talk about this stuff. Like, I know I've struggled with mental health stuff. Jamie has as well. He's yeah. been very open about that in, in yeah. the podcast before. So I think it's important to talk about it. Yeah. So when... Do you think you were purposely taking the photo so you could show it to your ex-partner and to other people as a way to communicate yeah a few of them i remember clearly trying to like put it in a way that people could understand because i don't when i'm in a crisis i don't like talking about it because it's heavy and i like i know it's heavy for the person that hears it i don't mind talking about it at all in the sense like whatever you want to ask me i'll answer But it's heavy on the person that receives. And like, at least in the way of the photo, they can interpret it the whatever way they are comfortable with. So they can interpret it like, oh my God, she's in so much pain, let's help her. Or they can interpret it like, oh, she's just feeling stuff. It's it's there. So it's, it's a less 
heavy way of processing like bad feelings. Yeah, yeah. So where where so there's obviously a transition here between those very dark ones and then the nature ones, which are kind of exploring at the moment. Yeah. So that seems like a very two two very distinct periods. So is there like a breakthrough there of? I honestly can't really explain what happened there and uh it's something that i realized a while back and i wanted to go back to like the experimental ones because they also have such a different way of expressing things Hmm. i have no idea why i changed honestly it was just i think it's because taking photos at home is different than taking photos outside as well because outside is a whole adventure like during lockdown I used to wake up at 6 in the morning because lockdown here was like January so it got bright at like 9 10. yeah yeah like 10 o'clock yeah <laughs> so I would like get my backpack of adventures and get up at like 6 in the morning and go find the sunset so I made a whole day out mm. of it while when you're taking it home it's just like it's a white wall it's gonna yeah. take a photo it's gonna take me like 20 minutes whatever add it so I, I just like the grandeur of like going out and doing mm. those and then especially now during summer and when I went back to Brazil as well because I got the opportunity of not freezing myself to death outside and like yeah. doing expressive photos in the, like the nature and it felt something like clicked and yeah. it felt like oh this is this is natural this this makes sense and then I'm just trying to explore enjoy summer as well because yeah. I know when the weather's wow. not as good well, here for certainly, yeah, the weather will change. You yeah. have to really enjoy it. Well, that's it's brilliant that you 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 put it like that because I think you can see it in the work. Because if if going back into the self portraits was kind of a reaction from the pandemic and your mental health, a lot of those early ones are indoors. Yeah, I think I I use the word identity as well. Yeah, you kind of have your face covered or you're not really sure. You know. Um, and then it moves then into outdoor. It kind of seems, it almost charts the pandemic in a sense. We're all locked inside and then we're all allowed outside yeah. from kind of being stuck low I to feeling good and out. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think the ones that I took in inside were also from a really, really bad period. Because they came from the idea that like I have to take a photo right now. I'm feeling like shite. I had a hard day, whatever. Because I was, I was working when I started those, like I started the one day, yeah. a photo a day. So like I would come back from work, I was in that museum and I would come back from work and was like late, it was dark. I didn't have much, but I had two lights in my room yeah. that I could play around and try to do something. But yeah, I never actually thought about that. It makes sense. The, well, the it's, a, it's a bit scary because you went all the way to Italy yeah. into the belly of the beast where it was yeah. really bad in Italy and you took some some of what sounds like your darkest photos because of what was going on with your father. Yeah. So this seems he's to be... He's fine, by the way. Just <laughs> good. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he's good. Thank yeah. God. Um, but like, it seems like in a way you can chart the pandemic through your work. That's basically what I'm discovering now talking to you. <laughs> whether that was intentional or not. Yeah. And even in, in your locations, because you go back home to Brazil. And I think I, I looked at some of those photos as well. I think when you painted yourself red, because you, you commented in the description how your family reacted to it. Yeah. 
and I think I actually I wrote it down here as well somewhere because I just found a very interest that you you were kind of afraid that your family wouldn't understand it and your grandmother actually really liked it. Yeah. So from what you said earlier, um, about like your family not didn't like it at the beginning, that yeah. must have been a big moment. Because the whole thing was like my dad stopped talking to me for six months after he discovered my self-portraits and then like I kind of let it die and in my bigger family like my grandpa my grandparents and my aunts it was kind of like a huge taboo topic that you would not talk about the crazy cousin that takes naked photos in the farm (laughs) because I would take some of those photos in the farm and they knew I was taking it they would never talk about it and then I didn't want to push it as well and then I kind of like put it back and like I'm not going to talk about it you don't have to see it I'm going to hide it and like hmm. I ha- even blocked some people from my because fa- I used Facebook at the time and I blocked loads of my family from like the, the album that I post because hmm. I didn't want to shock them I didn't want to offend them and because like it was such a bad reaction a first reaction for my parents and then when I came back to it and like when I went back to Brazil, it was January now. Yeah. And I was really into the self-portraits again and the naked ones, like they were still very much a thing. And I was really scared of my grandmother. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, how is she okay with this? And that photo was really interesting. Loads, like that trip was really heavy and amazing in so different ways because I talked to them about my photography. I showed my grandmother like things that I did and she saw me taking photos. I would still be protective. So the ones with the the red triangles, she saw me doing it in my face and in my hand. I didn't show her on the breast and she didn't know, like I didn't show the photos that I like Mm. I had the breast out, but I showed her some and she was like, Oh, that's very artistic. And you can Mm. see that she's trying to find the right word. Yeah, she's trying to be like, I don't understand that, but you're my family and I love you. And it yeah. was like an interesting moment for me. It's very like freeing in that sense. And I think that's why as well, when I came back, I am much, I feel much lighter taking yeah. the photos because I don't have that like taboo of like, oh, it's my family going to hate this. Am I disrespecting them? Am I mm. mean to them for putting them in this position? Because we talked about it. And actually my dad bought it. Like, he didn't buy it. My dad printed one of my photos and framed it. And is in his house. And that was, I think, one of the most important things that happened this year. Wow. And I realized that's like they might not get it that I need to do self-portraits. And we had that talk with my dad. I was like, You're, I like your photos, but... Stop putting yourself in front of the camera. Get someone else. Like, get anyone else. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's a different expression. And yeah, so I, I realized lots of things. I think most of the things as well, because I was so afraid of their reaction and it really hurt me at the time. I just avoided it completely for years. Yeah, yeah. And now I got it back. So. Well, that's great. I'm very happy for you as well, because I think... Yeah, people sometimes don't realize what they're doing when they react that sort of way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you really have to live up to your own potential and be your own person. If, yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes for people, 
you know you feel like oh why do I have to be the weirdo in the family but like you can't be anyone but yourself you know what I mean so you have to really embrace that yeah. I'm glad that you found that and now I think it's a good opportunity for a Jamie question uh, because this is something Jamie has talked about before I'm just going to read it out this is kind of like a shortened version uh, so Jamie said when I was younger I felt I communicated better with friends and family through my videos and photography that my art was a truer expression of how I felt inside than uh, how I could express myself vocally your images always feel like you put yourself out there bearing your soul do you find that you can be visually vulnerable in a way that maybe you can't be in normal life do you use your art to express something that might not be completely obvious to the person looking at the picture that's a very well written paragraph there uh, I, I think so but also I'm an open book I think you can tell that by like I've been talking for an hour and something about like <laughs> yes I thought my dad was going to die like, I am really fine with talking to people about stuff. I am just worried in how they're going to take it. Okay. So, yeah, I do think, like, photography helped me a lot in that expression. And I completely understand, especially when you're younger as well, how you... Like, when you're younger, you don't know what you're feeling. You just know you're feeling stuff, and you yeah. want to put that out. Yeah. I have no idea what that feeling is, though. So, like, I completely understand Jamie there. I, I kind of got lost in the answer. Sorry. I want to ramble. <laughs> well, no, we've we've covered um, s some of that yeah, sort of question already. But, no, if, if, if I can just pry a little deeper into what you said there. You, you kind of said, yeah, you're an open book, that you don't mind talking about stuff. So, um, where Jamie might be com coming from with that question, where the photography might fill in for what he isn't able to say or can't find the words yeah. you maybe have the words but are you afraid maybe of sharing too much or being too much of an open book and the photography offers a more abstract way than words it's not necessarily that I don't want to talk about it like I think I said it before like if you ask me I have no issue telling exactly what happened in the beginning of the year but what good is that going to make you or me feel now? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to relieve this horrible, horrible moment. And I'm just going to make... Because every time there's something that happened... Because I didn't tell people... And even Anna didn't know how bad it was at a certain time. And I think, like, a year later, I told you, like, about my birthday in Bray. And seeing people's reactions to it really broke my heart seeing how people would worried and I had to reassure I was like I'm fine now it's like it's all good and I don't want to put that on people so I like I'd rather take a photo and like put my feelings in a visually pleasing way that people are fine with than having this awful conversations with people that are just going to make them feel sad does that make sense? I understand what you're saying yeah, yeah. I've I've felt those feelings before I think that's the difficult thing about trying to share those things because you kind of it's important to share them but it's always going to be difficult like it's not like you share how bad you've been feeling and then everybody's feels great and you have a party yeah it's like it brings the mood down but like it's the kind of the catch-22 yeah. you have to do it anyway but yeah, but that's the thing I normally said like 
a while later. It's like, oh yeah, remember that day we were having like great time? Yeah, I would look like my head was not having a great time. Full fact for all of us. But it's just because, especially when you live with something, it's not like, it's not a bad day. You live with something that makes every day a tiny bit heavier. So if you keep talking about it all the time, that's that's actually not a healthy thing that I'm saying. Like, never mind. Because I do think people should talk about it. But I just don't want... I just don't want people to feel... I don't know. Like, I just don't want people to feel bad for me. And I don't want... Because that's not how I want to be remembered. That's yeah. not how I want people to think of me. I don't want people to think of me. I'm like, oh, the little depressed girl that like made fun. I want people to remember different things. That's why I'm always so focused on like, I had the little thing on like Instagram, like beauty I found today or like things like that and talking yeah. to people, trying to make it as beautiful and light as possible. I, don't, I think I'm rambling there. No, I think I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Um, to go back to something you just said a minute ago about not being able to communicate, like when you feel low, yeah. I think that's a real valid point, and I think a lot of people feel that way. That sometimes when you feel at your worst, which is probably the best time to speak out and ask for help, is probably the hardest time yeah. to reach out and ask for help. So, like, it's extremely difficult. It is easier than like if you can pick yourself up and then you can yeah. deal with those issues later when you feel better. But at the time, it can be almost impossible to yeah. tell somebody. I think what happened is when I was going through like the whole like the time that we went on my birthday in two thousand nineteen, I had a really really bad like low time, and I would never tell people. And then one night. I was having a really bad crisis and I called my mom and like the break in her voice hearing me saying the things I was saying I never want to put that in anyone ever again like I promised myself that I would never put that pain and burden on anyone so like I'd rather deal with things and like in January when I had like the things in Brazil that was the first time I actually like messaged my therapist but, like look I need to talk to you and I've been going to therapy for like six months and that was the first time I talked to her on the day that I was having a crisis like so this is how it actually feels like yeah, yeah. like this is how I feel on a daily basis because even with her I was like oh no it's fine like I just had like a little bit of a stressful day you know but now it's fine yeah yeah so and it's but- weird when you don't want to burden your therapist about your mental health <laughs> Well, that's it, but I'm sure, like, I mean, obviously I don't know your mother, but I'm yeah. sure she would, I, I assume any mother, even as difficult as it is, still wants you to reach out, even if it's incredibly hard for yeah. them. I think any loved one or, or close friend wants to be there, even though it's yeah. difficult, and I'm sure you know that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I do think that anyone that's, pat, like, going through something like that, they, they have to have people around that, that they trust and they talk true it's just that I didn't think I was being healthy because like it was a time I was not going to therapy as well and then I started going to therapy again Mm. so 
it's just because it was really hard because she was away as well. So I remember we we're talking. She was like, I'm going to buy a ticket. And I'm going to like go there and I'm going to be with you. I was like, no, it's fine. Like, that makes no sense. If I buy like the tickets from Brazil here, they're really expensive. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like her hands were tied. So why was I telling her the horrible things I was telling her? This is so out of photography. <laughs> It's not really though because this is this is all tied into yeah. into your work. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's very direct for you anyway in terms of like you feel an emotion and you just try and match yeah. something really Some of really. the like portraits I was actually crying when you took them. Yeah. When you took them. Um is is it is it in any way conceptual then to bring it back to the photography? You know, Pink Floyd would be like we're going to make an album based on Animal Farm by George Orwell. Like, yeah. do you ever think very conceptually about a photograph? No, I normally <laughs> never know what I'm gonna do. That's great. I mean, you you knew the answer instantaneously. That's probably yeah. the best. I think I only have like two photos that I really thought about, like the triangle ones with like the the red things. Mm. Other than that, I just like especially the ones I'm taking now because it's just me after. Like, I normally stay in the gallery for, like, five, six hours, and then I kind of want to get out. And then I just go to the park, and I normally have a backpack with everything that I would use for a photography. So I have, like, a camera, a tripod, uh, the golden dress, the bodysuit, yeah. like, glitter, and, like, body paint. And it kind of is like, what can I do today? Let's see. Yeah. That's why it kind of takes a long time for me. Like one photo already took me like three hours before because it was just me walking around the woods for like one hour and a half. Yeah. Finding a spot, taking a photo in like 10 minutes and then walking again for like an hour and a half. Wow. So I like that though. No, but the whole process seems to be built into this like a therapeutic thing. It's yeah. not just that photo itself. The whole process is obviously... Oh, I love the walking mm. around and like trying to yeah. find a place that makes sense but how can I explore it in a different way or like yeah. what kind of tree can I climb today so yeah it's just exciting okay I'm gonna do another Jamie question go for it um because this relates to the nature um and yeah I'll just I'll just go ahead and the question will obviously speak for itself uh, you seem to be very attracted to having your body frozen <laughs> in very poetic movements within nature when you're in the picture, it's never just about you and never just about nature. It's the two combined, a symbiosis of the setting. Rather than standing out, you become part of the nature, part of the shot, a togetherness like Art Nouveau. Out of curiosity, did you start doing nature photography first or self-portraits? What came first and when did you decide to bring them together? Can I just say I want Jamie to narrate my life from now on? <laughs> the togetherness and all I actually want him to write about my photography. He's much better than I'm doing there. But okay, so what came first? The chicken or the egg? Whew. <laughs> Self-portraits for sure came first. But then again, mm. they came after like me running around with my camera exploring like my garden. Yeah. So they kind of... May I say they came together? We yeah we we were kind of yeah we've kind of covered this ground to a certain extent because you're kind of saying you started very much with yourself portraits and then yeah. you moved outside, but uh, like even when I was that. like younger like when I started taking the photos, 
because I remember like going to the garden and learning how to do do you call macro photography in English? Um, like really close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, macro. So like I was doing macro of like plants, and I could see the veins and the leaves, and mm. that was so exciting. It's, it's a whole new world. And I was obsessed with butterflies as well as any teenager with a camera, apparently. And <laughs> yeah, it's the the first <laughs> things that you see in your. I actually have yeah. really nice butterflies photos. So. I have nice photos of plants too with sunsets behind them and all this sort of stuff that See? you just cause do it's you look safe. at them and like do you still feel happy with them oh yeah there's definitely some like like I can see where they, they've they been edited badly because I wouldn't <laughs> do that now yeah. but yeah there's some I have that I took way back like when I was in college where I'm still like they're still good street photography that's, that's a pretty plant even if yeah. it is just a plant it's pretty I do really like your street photography as well. <laughs> I, I feel like I've run out of steam though. I don't I don't feel like there's something else I need to, there's some other part of I need to yeah. rediscover or something because... But anything can be discovered all the time. Mm. Like I appreciate you saying that. Sometimes when I'm taking a photo, I stop myself because I'm like, there's nothing special about this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you know when you want to push it a bit further? Yeah. It's like, oh, that sunset is nice. No, I need to have, like, two people fighting in yeah. front of the sunset. Then it will be a really great photo. Because <laughs> anybody can just take the sunset, you know? Yeah, but then they have street photographers that are staged. Like, my favourite street photographer I learned years later that was staged. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's cheating, though, right? Not really. I but guess it's... still it's... an instant. Is the, it's not the, the war one. It's the one by Robert Dono. I cannot say his last name. He's French. Um... Dono. Dono. Do I know? don't know. I don't know. Thanks, lady. Help me. Robert does know. I cannot say that. Just put a bleep. Pull it up there, Anna. You have the computer. No, <laughs> money. I'm only kidding. Oh, you that's her name there. It's by this French photographer, and there was like a couple kissing, and yeah, they were staged. Is, is this at, um? This is like the end of World War Two, is no, it? Not that it's one. One in French. Oh, okay. In France. And. But listen, you know what? I feel instantly naive because, of course people are done a stage it like why why not stage yeah. it if Robert you want Robert stage his most famous photo so so th- well okay yeah so there's nothing wrong with that but there are some authentic street photography that's just like literally stand around and take a million photographs yeah. and wait for the, the one that's perfect which is I suppose a different art form than directing models and stuff and, and setting it up you know what I mean like yeah. I don't think I'm good at that. I don't think I'm good at setting stuff up. Fair. You know what I mean? I prefer to draw a picture and then you can decide where all the colours are and where all the space. But like in terms of a photo, I want to like find it through the lens. Because I think your photos and Anna's photos as well with street, they have this very like delicate feeling about them. They always look like a little bit of a what the hell? They're having a party next door, oh. which, which was terrible timing for doing a podcast. So also, you should not. Is against the law, but anyway, sorry for that. <laughs> it's probably it's a it's a birthday party for family. Oh, I don't know. I made that up. <laughs> so <laughs> I made nice. that up. Well, like you have this very like dreamy kind of feelings. Like sometimes I'm just sad and I just go to like Anna's page mm. with the dialogue photos, and they always have this really really soft feeling about them and it's such a like hopeful like joy to them so I do think like even the most like simple it doesn't have two people fighting in front of a sunset 
They can still be so poetic, though. Yeah. Well, Go back. That's I, what I'm saying. Tomorrow. That's, that's a huge compliment coming from you. And I completely agree with everything you said about Anna's photos, too. I know, Anna's great. Especially, I mean, both Anna's pages, but especially the 35. Yeah. Because there's some there that are, like, really, you know, just fine-tuned, you know. I think the word is sublime. Sublime. <laughs> um, okay, let me see. What What else? What else? Okay, we did the Jamie questions. Um, okay, yeah. A, a clear thread I see running through your work is identity. Yeah. I mean, can you unpack that? I mean, I don't want. I don't want to ask stupid questions like you know what does the red mean when you yeah. paint yourself red or anything like that I'm not really interested too much in that like you know what I mean yeah so but just in terms of identity you're covering your face there's a lot of them where like you can't see your face or it's like your body's tied into a knot Um, and you said as well when you first started taking self-portraits is when you were like 16 that's obviously like a teenage years is all about discovering who you are yeah. so are all those things related in some way so the ones I started at 16 they were very they came from a very like vain place so that's why they would show a lot of my face they <laughs> I even took some they're like I'm trying to like be this beautiful, beautiful model because they came from like, I need to see myself in a beautiful way. Like, and I don't think I'm pretty and everything. They were very vain. And I think one thing that I'm seeing a lot now in, it's not even that I'm seeing it. It's not even that I'm doing it on purpose. It's just like whenever I'm taking the photos, I tend to block my face Yeah. because I don't want it to be about me even though they're very personal photos i want them to be about an expression so i don't want them to be like oh am i looking pretty it's like so you're obscuring your face on purpose then yes because i for for that reason not for well yeah it's more for like i i don't want i don't want it to be me so that's why as well i take all the the tattoos out of my photos i didn't even notice i didn't even notice that so if you, <laughs> the ones on Instagram that's hilarious that I wouldn't have noticed yeah. that because I don't want so you to look at the photo and be like oh that's Mika mm. not because of like the tattoos or my face or whatever I wanted you to look and be like oh that's Mika because you recognize like a style or a my photographer yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. and I don't want it to be <laughs> about me I want it to be about a feeling that I'm feeling that's brilliant does that make sense yeah no that makes perfect sense <laughs> the cat. The cat is, is in my butt. Is she? Well, she, was she probably like, recognized it from one of your photos. <laughs> I felt like something in my butt. I was like, "What she is this that?" This is a Mika photo. What's it doing <laughs> in the chair? <laughs> I know that butt. What's she doing? She kind of like rubbing her face against you. I just put her paw. paw like this. She was actually massaging my butt. That was great. <laughs> That's nice. Well, see, usually at this time she'd be like sitting on one of these chairs, relaxing or something. Oh. Um. Okay. Let me see. Where else? Okay. You you mentioned like vanity there. And yeah, I, yeah, you do write that on Yeah, I, I said self-consciousness and vanity and self-porches. These are issues I would personally struggle with when showing my own artistic work and wonder how you overcome these internal hurdles when capturing and displaying your work. It's weird. Because I remember one day... 
a friend of mine call me an attention whore. <laughs> oh, wow. Put a bleep there. <laughs> that's brilliant, though. I think that's a, a brilliant feedback to get. Yeah, because it was a joke. It was something. I don't remember what it was. And I said, like, oh, like, I, I, I don't want attention or like I'm shy or whatever and they were like oh no you have so many photos of your face or attention horror I'm like wow okay is this is this how my photos are coming across that is not how I want them and but that was back in college like when I did the first self-portraits mm. and all and now it came from a point where I I'm terrifying people are gonna think my photos are like this self-absorbed thing about me 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 like I took I, I was like going out with a, a guy and he went with me to take some photos one time and I felt horrible because I was like oh is he just thinking that I'm this like attention whore girl <laughs> just like taking photos with a pretty dress and the flowers like is he gonna think less of me and then I went home I was like this is such a stupid thought like why am I doubting it like I know that I'm not doing this for the vanity of like do I look pretty now? I know how it started and I know that's exactly how it started, but that's not how it feels now. Yeah. That's not about that anymore now. It's more about like, it's still about understanding different parts of my body and like exploring it, but it's not about beauty anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. But that's very interesting. But like when you, okay. How do you get over that then? Is that just a process of the more you take them and, and share them and change, try different styles that you're kind of like feeling more and more comfortable? Yeah, I think, for instance, because I had a, like a few months ago, I, took, I started taking the photos with a bodysuit. And that bodysuit, it, um, how do you say, but like it's, it does it doesn't make me look good. It doesn't flattery. suit me. It's flattering. So yes, that bodysuit is not necessarily flattering because it's it it shows every piece of you very very like much in your face. And I remember I took a photo, and I felt bad with my body, and I was like, "Well, no." And I had to sit down with myself that night. I'm like, "This is not what this is supposed to be for." Yeah. Like, this is not about my body. This is not about this, like, vanity and, like... And it's absolutely fine to be vain. Like, whenever I'm yeah. not taking photos in the wood, I love to, like, put makeup, wear a dress, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that's not what I want my photographer to be. And and I felt really, like... I felt like a child again in some sort of way because I kept looking at, like, this really unflattering things and, mm. like, oh, this is making me feel sad with myself. Mm. But mostly for thinking of those things, I was feeling, I was disappointed. You're making yourself feel guilty? Yeah, because I was disappointed that I, I have this flag of like, oh, my photography is about my acceptance of myself. And then I was feeling bad about how my photography made me feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that sounds very toxic, like a sort of internal. Yeah, I did post the photo anyway, and now I love it. And now it's kind of like, Mm. that was just a, a... a moment there I don't know I feel like I did not answer no we're getting there we're kind of circling around it a bit like it's a difficult topic because I feel self-conscious about anything that I've made it even if I'm not in it 
which yeah. I'm mostly not in my own work. You know what I mean? So yeah. it goes beyond just. Um, for I'm, me, it goes beyond just yeah. just it, it's just the work itself, and then it's attached to me, and then what people are gonna judge me based on that. But you're like in it, so there's like an extra layer. I think my main like problem is that sometimes I'm afraid of how people would think of me because of the self portraits. Because I don't want, I just don't want people to have this feeling of like. I take self-portraits because I think I'm great or like I think I'm amazing or whatever. Well, see, it's, I mean, society's very vain yeah. and a lot of people probably, I don't think that, certainly if like your page or your work keeps getting bigger and bigger and more people are exposed to it, yeah. the more, the bigger the pool of people, the more haters there's going to be. Yeah. Just naturally, regardless sure, yeah. of what anybody thinks of the work or, or, or whatever. Um, I mean, you kind of have to do it anyway. Oh, do you have I any, would, yeah. Do you have, I mean, at what point, are, are you always kind of thinking of the person who's looking at the photograph to a certain degree? You're always trying to gauge some sort of line between what, how they're going to perceive it and what you want to project. It's weird because it's mostly people that know me. So, like, for instance, in the gallery, if someone that I don't know goes inside, for me, it's much easier to talk to them because they don't know me. And sometimes they barely recognize their me, like in the photos. That's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Like, I feel... Who, I don't remember who said that, but someone else thought it was, like, all different people from different <laughs> photos. Like, yes. Okay. Thank you. That's, That's good, though. That's what I want. I don't want, like, to... I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to look like, That's you. That's your... I think if you go to the exhibition, you only have like three photos out of like 25 mm. that have my face on it. I guess so, yeah. Obviously, you know, but... Yeah. I don't... See, it's, it's different for me because I can't see them that way because I know they're all of you. Yeah. So whether your face is in it or not, it kind of doesn't matter in my head. Yeah. Because it's just another one of your photos, you know? But yeah, I think my biggest issue is people that know me. Mm. So like the day that you and Anna went... I was so awkward because I was like, oh, God, they, they're here. They're seeing this. They're seeing my work. Like, what are they going to think? Are they going to think like, oh, it's just like a, it's just put like photos up and now she's calling an exhibit. I don't know. Like, and I had to survive a rant that I had the night before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she told you about it. I don't know. If she I think did. it was like 30 so. minutes of me talking so. nonstop. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. It was very intense because I just had this loads of feelings like, are people just going to think I am like stupid for doing this or like for doing my photography and like for selling it? Maybe nobody's going to buy it. Maybe people are just like laughing and be like, oh, she's so stupid. She has like a place and now she's all full of herself. It's like the opposite. It's, it's the opposite. If anything, people are like jealous and they are hating you because... But I don't want that as well. No, I'm not saying you, you <laughs> want that, but I'm just saying, like, if anything, they're, they're not going to, like, put it down. You know what I mean? Like, it's... The, it's your, your work is getting more and more elevated. So if people are going to hate it, they're probably going to hate it out of jealousy than saying it's shit. You know what I mean? But I don't think people see that way. I, I, I don't look at your work that way. I mean, it's very different to anything I would 
do yeah, self-portraits. So it does seem very intense for my, if I imagine myself doing yeah. it. That's Try very... It. It's fun. It's so much fun. Well, in, in preparing for this interview, I was obviously looking through your Instagram and stuff, and I, I, there was a part of me that was tempted, like, oh, when the light comes through here and Anna's in work or something, like, you know, but, like, it would be in a very private way, but, like... Just show it to Anna, it's fine. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there is a temptation there because you can see how you've explored all these different things yeah. through doing that, but that's, like, very much... You made that your own, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 what I was trying to say was, from my point of view, it seems very intense. And certainly at the start, when I first started seeing that sort of work, I was like, "God, that's very intense." Another self-portrait, another self-portrait. But then after a while, you can kind of see the rhythm of it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I got used to it. And I know you as well, that so it's different. That does not sound good at all. <laughs> no, but see, like, I'm talking very strictly from my own point of view, and I'm trying to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, like, right. I, I really like your photos, and I said that, and, like, Jamie really admires them as well. And I don't think there's, there's, there's nothing vain about them, I don't think. Like, there's a, there's a kind of implied vainness in any self-portrait. Yeah. Any self-portrait at all, you know. Um... But you can see like the way you've done them and, and you know, obscuring your face and the different poses and when they, like it's not just your face over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think I think anybody who would who would go down that route is just looking for a, a problem or something. But you can't think that way. I got that before though. And go on, tell me. From like a a girl that studied with me in high school. And that's such a weird story because, like, she went to college the same city my sister went to college. Okay. They actually went to the same college. Do they know each other? They know of each other. Mm. But, like, my sister came home one day being like, oh, yeah, I met this girl that was saying a friend of her knows you. And she was saying, like, loads of shit about, like, your photos because she was like, oh, my God, look at her. She's just, like, take photos of her mm. face. I'm like ouch and then I learned it was this girl and she had all the reasons she not like me but I think this is the um, the struggle that people go through if they're artists if they're expressing themselves because you're putting yourself out there yeah. and to a certain extent I think you need to be strong and be like if somebody critiques it then you need to go well fuck you why don't, where's your work show yeah. me something that you did and then another part of you is looking for validation for people to say it's good, you're great. Yeah. You know, so it's always that struggle. It, it's weird, yeah. But So you have to be, you kind of have to, I think getting older helps because almost by default, with certain things I find myself, with certain things that annoy me or upset me, um, like you can work through certain things and then other things I just get really sick and tired of like yeah. worrying about it all the time. So then I kind of stop. I'm like, it's not going anywhere. So yeah. then I just kind of stop stressing myself. In fairness, the more I feel like I am getting better at photography yeah. and self-portraits and like achieving what I want visually, the more I respect my work and the more that feeling dies a little bit. Because mm. then like I know what I'm well, like, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Then it doesn't, um, like, and I know how good that makes me feel and how good I need like, I know I'm producing something that makes me proud at the end of the day. So after that, it kind of doesn't really matter yeah. what people would think. That's brilliant. What you said just now is like, 
the perfect thing to to touch on. Yeah, but is that like only started like this year, and the the exhibition actually helped me a lot because I think a week before I opened the exhibition, I'm like I met this other gallery guy. And he was like, oh, are you an artist? I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm just like a, a person that takes photos and that. And I remember he looked at me and was like, wow, well, she know if you're an artist, though. I was like, oh, fuck. And yeah. now I see it. Like, it's still weird to be like, I'm an artist. But <laughs> this year, I think it was the first time that I introduced myself as the photographer. Yeah. That was already like... That sounds like an important step. It was. I have yeah. a business card now. Look at this. Yeah. Holy shit, you're balling. You're going to be throwing these things out the window. They're still like in my house and I haven't <laughs> given them to anyone, but I have them. Bring them next time to the gallery and you'll be handing them out to the, I'll do that, yeah. to the people. But like, I think that's it. I think stepping up and you, you said at the start with the, the evil photographer guy and you weren't getting paid a lot of money and he was putting you down. Now you've come full circle. You know your 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 worth, the value of your work, and yeah. it's not pretentious. It's not vain. It's just like every person needs to, you know what I mean. And there's a there's a line there between you know being big headed, but I think you you know you you found the sweet spot, and I think everybody wants to find that sweet yeah. sweet spot where you don't feel vulnerable, but you're not just like pretending or being a pretender, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I only came, like, a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, it's a weird feeling now. You're riding, you're still riding the wave. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite different as well when you have your work up and you have people talking about your work. Mm. And it's not, like, an Instagram comment. It's, like, people stopped what they were doing. They stopped to see this. They went inside. They were curious about something. And they bought it. So, like... That's it, it all it's really different invalidation points. I think Instagram is so important for being able to view people's work and share things, but it's yeah. really like that's it's horrible. Yeah, I mean well yeah, there's a whole horrible side to it and like you can't really value the work yeah opposed to like the experience that you're having now with people coming in and you can talk to people, they can view the work you've even hung it and displayed it in your own fashion, yeah. in the own in your own way. That's like usually important. That's Especially because Instagram is kind of a bubble as well, I think. Yeah. And it was really weird because when I put the exhibition up, I think when you guys went, I already took that out. But I have two photos that I am like, you cannot see anything, but I'm not wearing the bodysuit and I'm like naked. And I censored them. <laughs> you censored them? For the first week I did. I put like a sheet of paper on top, like, mm -hmm. on top of them. Because I didn't want to offend people walking yeah. outside. And <laughs> now it's really funny. But at the time, I was really worried about it. I even talked to the, the owner of the gallery. He's like, are you okay with this? Like, is this offensive to you? How do you think people <laughs> are going to be? And he couldn't care less. It's like, that's, that's grand. That's all good. And then I remember, yeah. like, little by little, but people walking inside and not being offended by it. Mm. I realized that I was so nervous about like not offending people they were fine and now one of them is actually on the window in display yeah all the time so and that no, also no complaints no complaints about. also <laughs> irish mounties are great they, they really are it. yeah no they, they like a little bit of skin you know they're excited yeah. i was it's not different. expecting that 
the church has let go of the country and now people are ready to have a bit of fun. Actually, the old ladies are the ones that are loving it the most. They're like, oh, if I, if I could do that now, I would. I'm like, you should, you know what? You're, you're, they're feeling empowered through you. Yeah, one of them did call me a, a girl from... How do you, how is the expression? A girl from my own heart? After my, my, own after heart. my after own heart. After my heart, yes. After my own heart, yeah. That's a nice expression. Yeah, she a was nice a man now. It was great. And did she buy your photo? No. <laughs> <laughs> too much, maybe. She she enjoyed it, maybe it's too much she for did, her kitchen. like, stay, like, ten minutes talking, and she was yeah. really nice. She was like, oh, you're doing such a great job, and this. Where are you taking them? Like, oh, but you don't go to, like, the park and be naked. I was like, yes, I do. Mm. It's like, oh, what the hell? That's amazing. I'm like, okay. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's, it's a whole process of, like, understanding a different thing yeah, about yeah. my photography now. That's brilliant. Um, I'm I'm just very wary of time because I don't want to keep you here talking all night. But I think we've we've covered everything and more. How how are you feeling? Is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything that if you want a better explanation, a better no, answer? No, no, I, I, not in terms. Of, no, there's no deeper explanation okay. that I think. Because I don't know if give. like. So, I, I don't know. It's just like, come to the exhibition. Bye, friends. Go to the exhibition. It's, it's brilliant. Also, another thing. This month is the first month I'll be able to pay my rent solely on the, the, the sale of my prints. That's amazing. And I think that was that was a big validation moment. Especially yeah, yeah. because I sold them without selling myself. In the sense of like, I promised myself I would sell them by an affordable good price yeah I did and I afforded my rent so maybe if you Take sold that. them for more you wouldn't have sold as many you know that sort of way as well True. so you, you could have ended up making more doing it this way yeah you know what I mean yeah I'm happy you should be happy that's an amazing accomplishment and well deserved too thank you you know so congratulations and and thanks for and thanks for doing this talk I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> Uh, I would be able to tell you when I listen to my own voice again. <laughs> well, no, yeah, but I really enjoyed it. I was nervous, to be <laughs> honest. Um, in fact, I find it a bit intimidating. Like, we know each other, but, like, yeah. not that well, so I think it was a good opportunity to sit down and talk. And... Sorry, that was a lot about me, though. Well, we do a podcast about you now. No, I don't think... You were very kind and, and you complimented our photos and stuff which is really nice but like no just I invited you here to talk and I would certainly like maybe somebody to talk again where we interview me and Anna can interview you next time <laughs> sure why not I don't think I think Anna's sick of me she doesn't need to interview me stop it <laughs> an interview as an artist it's different as than as a partner I, I better I better head out with my camera so and start doing taking some photos <laughs> Can take yourself for oh my god if we can interview you in a month when you start doing your self portraits and they have oh really now I'm gonna have a self portrait and a dog shit series <laughs> I'm still gonna do that I mean there's there's an abundance of material in Dublin to, to do that project you can do self portraits with the dog shit with the dog shit yeah it'll be like a critic that's it that's it the diarrhea series sweet corn series yeah. <laughs> You, could, you know the way sometimes people, they'll clean it up and they'll leave it in the bag, but they'll throw the bag in the ground? Yep, I'd rather you don't. You could do a whole series of that. The poop in the bag, but it's actually still on the ground, so it's 
Isn't that lettering. worse though? Like, why, 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 why did you pick it up? Just leave it yeah. there. It's better if you just leave it there than mm. if you leave it with the plastic. You know, one time I stepped on one of those, and for a second I was like, "Oh my god, I've ruined my shoe!" And I looked down, and it was still in the bag. So it was almost—it was like a whole dramatic moment of <laughs> my emotions going from shock and horror back to joy. So. Uh, see, you can use that on your self-portrait. So a whole drama to it. There you go. All right, I'm gonna turn this off now. Mm-hmm.